0: To stand before you and, and to uh and kind of teach a message this morning i'm humbled i am honored uh, I was thinking about it all week, and you know and i Jennifer bless her heart uh brother Bill called me, and we've been studying and praying and talking all week and i I've been digging and i've you know been praying and been talking and uh and, and jennifer has been my, my guinea pig because uh most of the time during the week she's standing in there she she runs a bakery and most of the time she She's in there baking and all that, and then so in there at the table, I'm going in there and I was like, well, all right, I throw it down. and said, "What about this? How's this sound?" She's like, "Is that what the Lord give you?" I said, "I think so." She said, well, it "Doesn't matter what I have to say." I said, "Well, it does because I want your opinion before I don't want to mess up that bad." But I was thinking about it. I was like, "Okay, if I do mess up, so what?" I pray you see God this morning, not me, and if. I hope and pray that something that is said this morning will help you as you walk out them doors this morning and, and you get out in the car and you say, you know what, I really couldn't follow what he was saying, but this is one thing that it was said that I have got. This is something in my life I want to work on. Look at your spouse on the way home You say, this morning I, I kind of learned something. So next week at work I'm going I'm I'm to try something a little different. That lost person I've been praying for, and, and again, this right here, y'all, I ain't kidding, I have really took it to heart, and it has really been tough for me, because one of the persons I put on this list, he don't like me right now, I don't know what it is, me and Jim was talking about this last week, I was like, I don't know, it's something supernatural, it's something above me, but as soon as I wrote it, you know, and it's somebody that I talk to every day. You know, and, and we shoot the breeze. He's, he's, he's a vendor. And he comes in, and and we talk, and, and, and I try to, to, to you know, talk about the Lord to him, and he brushes me off. And I was like, you know what? I'm really going to start praying that I want to see this. I want to see the Lord work really miracles in his life. So now, all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but he don't talk to me as much anymore. So that tells me that my prayer needs to become more as... as as this transpires, because you know what, I can't do nothing, but I know the Lord can, and He will, and I pray that one day that that guy gets saved, and and that has really helped me in the last couple of weeks, and where I'm at, and what I need to do as a Christian to to try to help that lost world. So, again, I want to thank y'all because we've been we've been with the. Uh, Well, a year ago, this month, was the first time that we started visiting here with Bethel. And I want to really thank y'all, because wow, what a year it has been. We were at a church, and we was there for about 10 years. And the Lord says, it's time for you to go. It's time for you. I was like, no. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about this morning as we get complacent, as, you know, My family there, we was was there for for all these years, and I learned so much, y'all. I I cannot take one thing away. But we still get, at times, we get complacent. We get, I get satisfied. We get comfortable in where we're at in in Christ, and we, I don't want to say we get stale, but we kind of do. We don't move. We're not in that realm where we can help people. We get comfortable. We go through those little, little day in, day out, little tri- little things that we do every day, and before you know it, years has done went by and we've not done anything with it. So the Lord says, It's time for y'all to go. It's like No, uh uh-uh. uh. I'm good, we're we're all right, I don't want to. And then God says, No, nah, hush, I said. I said it's time for y'all to go, and then it's almost as if He prepared us because what we're going to get into is our generational talks, and the, the from generation to generation how things are going, and and how if we're stale, then then how are we helping or hurting the generation before us? But it's like the Lord had pretty much opened up doors, and and and, and, and told us that. Right here at Bethel's, where we're supposed to be, because about six months before we actually visited here, there was so much going on with the Lord, and He's helping us, and and He's like, "You need to visit Bethel." And I tell Gina, it's like for some reason Bethel's on my heart this morning, this evening, because it's like we—I didn't want to go to a different church because I felt like I was kind of cheating on my church. But then it's like we didn't have Sunday evening service at that church, so he's like, Hey, go visit Bethel. I'm like, No, I don't know. Until finally it's like, Hey, y'all ain't doing nothing but sitting there getting fat. I said go. And, and and really that that's pretty much how it went. And we got out of our comfort zone. We got out of of what we were used to, what was normal to us. So today as we as we leave out I want to ask you to think about, am I comfortable? Yes, I hope you are here, that you can come and and love and be loved on. But then again, at the same time, can I go out of my comfort zone? Can I start to talk? Can I start to do the things of Christ more? Because that's what it's all about. Do more, do more, do more, do more. The thing about the GROW outreach program, I've never been a part of it. I didn't know what it was. So when the opportunity came, I was like, yes, I feel like I want to check this out. I don't know what it is. So everybody in my family knows how well I can sing. I'm the best singer in our house. <laughs> Said no one ever. Okay, so, so I was like, they, they sing, Jen. It's going to be fun. We get to go and sing. And they was like, yeah, but we're going to somebody else's house to sing. And I was like, oh, I'm out. I'm gone. And I was like, no, that's not what I was. Y'all, I am not kidding you. If you have not had the opportunity to do it, I pray and ask that you do so. We were at a, a, a visitation about three or four weeks ago. And honestly, that visit done more for me. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I guess I'm being selfish. It done more for me than I believe it did for the person that we visited. That person was so happy we were there. That person was like, you don't know the day that I've had I have been here, I've been hurting, I've been, I'm miserable, and then y'all showed up. God showed up, thank y'all for being, and this person way up i the line. You know what? In that moment, I was, was it not truly special? So if you're not, I pray and ask that, that you will. Just give it a shot. The Lord will bless you through it. Just, it's such a strong blessing. So, let's get into it, so we're comfortable. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, this guy's an idiot. No, I try not to be, I promise y'all. But let's loosen up, and I'm, I'm trying to get in my grasp of, you know, this is what we're doing. So this morning's title, what we're thinking, and this is what the Lord is laying on my heart, is passing on the faith. Because right now, we're right in the midst of, of God doing some truly amazing things with our youth group. And then, but this is, it's not just our youth group here at Bethel. It's the churches down the road, their youth group is on fire. It's pretty much, right now from what I've seen, it's from, from Minor Hill to Elgin all the way to Birmingham that, that, that the youth groups are getting together together. They're, they're praising, they're, 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 they're forming up, they're, they're coming to Christ. And, and you know, and the Lord has put things in our, in our place to help us with the movements that's going on. But I got to thinking, passing on our faith, okay, so what are we doing as a church to not only help our youth moving forward, but what are we doing from generation to generation to generation to help the Word of Christ get out there. I mean, it's not just our youth that we're helping. It's people that's my age. People your age. That we are called to help and to lead to the Lord. But what are we doing about it? Really, truly, honestly. I want us to really kind of get honest with ourselves this morning. Let's, if we will, I'll look at Grace. Let's get real for a minute. All right, can we? Let's just, let's just dig in just a minute and say, you know what? Just for a minute, I'm going to get real. And I'm not going to ask questions just to question your faith or whatever. But I want to ask questions so you can take these questions and ask them to yourself. What am I doing with what God has given me? Yeah, I'm going to church. I'm doing my thing. But what am I doing when I get home? What am I doing when I get to work on Monday morning? What am I doing when I see that sister-in-law I really don't like? What do I do? Is Christ showing in me the way that it's supposed to be? Or am I too comfortable? Or am I too comfortable at where I'm at? Am I? How do I pass on the faith? So this morning, if you will, you'll turn over to the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to go way back old school. We're going to go back and we're going to look, because to me, that's the things I was raised up divorced family. My pop showed up till I was about 13, and then I got 13 on. It was he was Houdini. he disappeared. So there's a man that was brought into my life, which happens to be my grandfather, the greatest man. In my eyes, ever. He taught me everything I need to know about everything. (laughs) I don't know everything. But he taught me a lot. And the one thing, the first thing that I remember him really truly teaching me, so he was teaching me integrity and things like that, but the first thing that I really remember him teaching me is how to throw a curveball. That's what really stuck out with me because he wanted me to pitch that year so if i was going to pitch that's what we was fixing to do i was fixing to work my tail off because that's what he made me do especially when i got in trouble if i got a bad report from school that was my punishment was to throw a baseball and i thought literally i thought my arm was going to fall off but he taught me how to treat a lady he taught me how to have respect how to look somebody in the eye when they talk when when you talk to him, the yes sirs, the no sirs. He taught me these things, and then I was like, okay, I know how my grandfather was. I know what he taught me. This is what I want to, to help teach my child, but I want to do it better. One thing, I mean, if I could critique anything about my grandfather, he was the man. He, he, he laughed with me. He played with me. He beat me. But I never seen him go to church. Never. And I was like, if that's one thing that I can kind of help, that I can kind of, you know, because all us men we're gonna one up somebody, right? But that was my thing. It's like, take my family to church because I never seen it. I was, I knew who God was. I, I knew, you know, it was talked about some through my grandmother. But as far as the men, and then that really put a, a, a really. A lot on me. Can I be a better person than the person that was here before me? Can I leave a legacy? Because you think about it. We're only here for a spell. So, what am I going to do with it while I'm here, right? So, let's dig in, shall we? We're going to go into Deuteronomy chapter 6. And Deuteronomy deals with, and it's talking about the Israelites. So if we want to back up a little bit talking about the Israelites, what were they doing? And then we're going to compare it to today's society. And look, we're not very different, but we can one-up them a little bit, right? So the Israelites, you know, they were bound in slavery by the Egyptians. And here they go. They go praying, Lord, get us out of this. I want something better. Lord, get us out. They prayed and prayed until finally the Lord heard them and answered And brought them out of it. But no sooner than they got out of it, what'd they do? They started whining and complaining. This ain't ain't what I had in mind. This is too hard. This is, uh uh-uh, Lord. Did you bring us out here and forget about us? I I don't want to do this. This is not what I had in mind. How often in our life do we do that? That it seems like a lot of the times... That we really sit down and we talk to God is when we're in trouble. It ought not be that way. That, and, then, and then God brings us to a point we get comfortable. Whew. Thank you, Lord, you got me out of that one. I can go over here and sit down now. I can take a nap. But that's not the way it ought to be. But you think about it. You look at the Egyptians compared to us. That's how we get it's like we cl- cling to Christ a lot when, when we're struggling, when, when the light bill's due and I don't know how I'm going to pay it. Or so and so sick and I, I can't help them. And then they get better. So we cling to Christ and then everything's, I mean, we start to see that light at the end of the rainbow and then we kind of draw back a little bit. But I want to tell you this morning that when the fire is there, that's when you dig in, that's when you learn, that's when he gets you in bringing you through that storm. And then when we get to that storm, we know what he can do. So we can go off and help others and say, you know what? I can't tell you what I would do, but I can tell you how God helped me through a situation. Let me help you. Let me, let's me let's find some strip- scriptures together. Let's dig in the word together. So, you know, us together, and that's us, the church, us together. If one hurts, we all hurt. Let's talk, you know, and let's... Let's help each other. Amen. So the Israelites was like they were drawing back. They then got up to, to where, you know, they was fixing to, uh, to cross Red Sea. They was mumbling. They was, you know, I would rather go back to Egypt and then have to face the unknown. Do we not get that way sometimes? I don't know what the Lord's doing in my life, so I'm just going to sit here until he does something. That's how they were getting. I was like, mm-mm. You know, it was... Before I become a Christian, life was a whole lot easier than it is now. Have we all thought that? Things was a lot easier sometimes. Because now we as Christians... And we talk to the youth group a lot about this. Now that we as Christians, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to lead. We have a responsibility to talk about Christ. We have a responsibility to strive, to strive to be more like God. Amen? Our responsibility. But they didn't want to accept that responsibility. They wanted to be, you know, just complacent. They, they kind of was like wanting something for nothing. Do you all know people like that? Kind of. Want something for nothing? No, God says, I'm going to lead you out here, and I'm going to help you, and i I got a place picked out for you but you're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to obey me. You're going to have to do what you're told. I'm not just going to just, boom, psst, there it is. That's not the way he had it intended, but that's the way they was wanted, just like us a lot of times. We get in a bind, and we pray and pray and praying, and, and we expect God to fix it. We pray one time. And it was like, boom, God, why are you mad at me? Why have you not fixed it yet? but it's God's timing. we got to line up with what God has in store for us before He can help us, before He can mold us. we Our heart has to be transformed to Him. Amen. So let's get into it, kind of a little bit about what the Israelites were doing and how they were mumbling about what God was doing. So... They're getting ready to cross over the Jordan. And they're mumbling. Till finally God says, you know what? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Y'all ain't going to see the promised land. I'm done. I'm sick of it. He done got mad at them. He's like, y'all ain't doing it. Mm Mm-mm. So what happened? Moses goes to bat for them and talks to God. And said, remember God, these is your chosen people. He says, okay. Him and Moses is kind of battling that a little bit. God says, okay. I'll forgive them, but they will not see the promised land. So they sit there. For 40 years, they sit there just because they made bad decisions. Look at us nowadays. We just kind of sit here sometimes because we made bad decisions. But there is a way out of it. The same way that Moses went to bat for us, or went to bat for them, look at what Jesus is doing for us. How he's going to bat for us. We don't deserve it, but he loves us that much anyway. So they get ready. He says, So they, he lets them sit there until the next generation is coming up. This is where Deuteronomy right here picks up. And Moses is talking to him, and he's preaching to him. He's like, Look, that your ancestors, the generation before you, this is what they was going through. Don't be like that. Don't make the same mistakes that they made. Be better. Be more bold. Stick out from the crowd. A lot of our kids at school we we and we're just trying to break that Junk that was in them. Break the mold. Let somebody see you happy. Smile for a change. Amen. Just smile. A smile will do so much. But break the mold. So this is a little bit of the commandments he told us in Deuteronomy chapter. Y'all still with me, young back row? Y'all, y'all with me for right now? All right. So these are the commandments. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe and that the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess so that your children and your children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all His decrees and commands that, you, that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. here, O Israel. And be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, and so that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord the God your fathers promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one love Hear O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts, and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them in your door frames and your homes and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into a land He swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you, a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with with kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, a vineyard and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Fear the Lord your God. Serve Him only... And take your oaths in the name. Do not follow other gods, the, God, the gods of the people around you. For the Lord your God, who is among you, is a jealous God, and His anger will burn against you. And He will destroy you from the face of the land. Do not test the Lord your God as, as you did Mesa. Be sure to keep the commandments of the Lord your God and, to, and the stipulations and decrees. He has given you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight, so that it may go well with you, and you may go and take over the good land that the Lord promised on the oath to your forefathers, trusting out all your enemies before you, as the Lord said, in the future when You ask, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, the laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, we were slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt. With a mighty hand before our eyes, the Lord sent miraculous signs and wonders, great and terrible upon Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land that He promised and oath in our forefathers. The Lord commanded us to obey these degrees and hear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive as in the case today. And if we are careful to obey this law before the Lord our God, He has commanded us to be our righteousness. If we obey We as Christians make it so hard on ourselves, do we not? Amen. Sometimes we make it hard on ourselves when it can be so simple. The Israelites made it so hard on themselves, but then again it was so simple. Let's be better than that. Let's pass on our faith, y'all, to the generations before us that, you know what? It's not going to be easy. He never said it was going to be. Amen, right? He never said that. But if we obey and trust, He'll guide us. Because, y'all, if we're not going through a storm right now, pray up and getting ready because we're going to get one. Regardless. That's the way life is. That's the way life does it sometimes. But if we pray up and if we're in, 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 in God in Christ, when that storm gets here, it's not that unbearable. That He has gone before us in so many ways, just like us. You think about how God has went before you. So I'm going to give us three ways. If anybody got a pen, so look at your neighbors. I hear in a minute I ain't got a pen. I'm probably going to borrow yours. So if you will, if you jot some of this down, okay. So Miss Jones, they're going to hook you up with a pen. Okay, are y'all ready? Three things that can help us. She's got two pens, so if y'all need one, Miss Jones will let you borrow one. So three things I want us to talk about right quick to help us pass on for generation to generation the generations before us. Because if we look at this country and the state that we're in right now, some generations has done better than others. I don't want to bad, but you can look and you look at history. That's why I love, love, just love the Old Testament because I like to go back and look at the history of things to help me face things that are before me. So help, to help pass on from generation to generation. I ask you to ask yourself right now, what am I doing? How can I help? You not know, like Kevin, show me. So write it down. Number one, love God passionately. How much do we love God? How much do I love God? Do I love Him more than the ball game? Do I love God more than my video games? Do I love God more than my telephone? Do I love God more than my career? Do I love God more than my money? Do I love God more than my popularity? Do I love God more than my pride? But in reality, our blessings come from Him. Our money, our possessions, everything. It came from Him first, but we sometimes don't want to recognize that. But yet we get complacent, and we compromise our faith... Because we sometimes get a sense of entitlement. I work for it, therefore I deserve it, so I need to have it. No. That's where our faith starts to get away from God a lot of times. Because we let self get in and we don't want to to acknowledge Him for all the good things that, that, that has been given to us. When things are going good in life, we oftentimes fall away from God and don't rely on Him as much. When we get a little bit of money in the bank account, that's one thing that we don't really have to think, you know, worry about. I know my lot of bills fixing to get paid, so we kind of don't worry about it. But then again, in reality, I know next month's payment's coming. So we've got to instill some wisdom in what we're doing. So we let our standards fall. And that's when our walk begins to get questioned. We start letting our guard down. And then that's when we let our cuss words fly at work. And that's when we get mad at somebody at work. And then, you know, when things is, you know, we, we're clinging to Christ, we're, we're doing all these Christian things, and then we let our guard down a little bit, and we start doing some ungodly things. That's when our Christianity and our walk gets questioned. It's like, hold up, I thought you were Christian. But then again, you're going to walk in that office, and you can cuss the boss out like that? Think about it. What are we doing? Do we love that God that much to know how to act? If we love God wholeheartedly, having these commandments on our hearts means we are not hypocritical and consistent in our behavior. Our love of God will show in everything we do so we become a better example. We tell others what God is doing for us day in, day out. Does that mean that we're always going to get it right? No. That's where repentance comes in. Okay? So, number one is to love God passionately. Number two, live the truth. It's that simple, is it? Live the truth. Let's go back to 7 and 9. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. Talk about it. Live it. but how often do we we're talking about that this morning in the life group we cannot live a hellish life Monday through Saturday then get up Sunday morning and post pictures of our church flow on Snapchat and expect people to take us serious that comes to the responsibility part on us because you know Jesus dialed it up a notch in His teachings. Yeah, we know it's not good to commit adultery, but Jesus says it's not even good to even look at a woman, much less have adultery. So He stepped it up a notch. That's the same with our Christianity. We step it up a notch, day in, day out. When we have a funky attitude, when we don't want to be somewhere we are, that's when we need to step it up the most, amen? So I asked myself this week, how often do I pray? Do I pray enough? How often do I attend church? When I'm at home, how do I act? Do I act at church the way I do at home? Or do I act at home the way I do at church? Does Christ shine through me at the ball games? Does Christ shine through me at work? What kind of example am I? I mean, it gets tough when you just sit there and you just be real and be honest about it for a minute. Now, if we are, he's like, Well, I do all these things. I'm in pretty good shape. But it can always be better. Amen. What kind of integrity do I have? What kind of vocabulary do I have? The way we live our life should be a testament of our faith. If our faith is where it should be, God will do His part. That's what He tells about it. Just love me. Just obey me. Just listen to what I'm trying to tell you but we sometimes we, don't want, we want to do it our way, and it can't be that way. So I, said I want to challenge us this morning as am I where I need to be? This one right here, number three, and we're going to go. It really, this impacted me more than any of it because this is where I fall short the most. Number three is testify. Let's go to verse 20. In the future when your son asks you what is the meaning of the stipulation, decrees, and laws, the Lord our God has commanded you. Tell him we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt. With a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent miraculous signs and wonders, great and terrible, upon Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land that he had promised an oath to our forefathers. He brought me out of it. I'm no longer what I used to be. I got saved. I love that song. Because every time I think about it, I got saved. And it takes me back to that time. And you know, and then I get so far. That moment of when I got saved, sometimes I get so stretched out from where I was at at that moment. And I long to be back. But we got to stay there. Remember that feeling the couple months after you got saved? And I'm hard on myself because I think about it a lot. I like, I got to get back to where I used to be. We can do it. But you have to be honest with yourself and you have to be honest with God and say, you know what, Lord, I fell short, forgive me. Tell others about our faith. Tell others about Christ, what He did for us, about the love He had for us. Why is that so hard for us to do? Why is it so hard for us to be bold? Because we want to fit in. We just want to go with the flow. We don't want to cause a stir, because in that stir, it's not what God commanded us to do. Remember, at the end of chapter five, uh, the end of chapter Matthew, He tells us to go, and to get the fishers of men to go. That's what He commanded us to do. But we sometimes fall so we fall so short. Tell others how He helps us on a daily basis. <laughs> How do we expect to operate our generations to know about our faith in God if we don't put it into action? So do we think that the generations before us are automatically going to know about God and the miraculous things that He's done? Yes, in a way, but wouldn't it be great if you stepped out of our pews this morning and went to work tomorrow and said, you know what? Let me tell you about the weekend I had. Let me tell you about what God done for me this week. You know what? I tripped up and I fell and I hurt my hip the other day. But let me tell you what God done. He said, get up and I'll help you. And my hip had not hurt as much ever since. It sounds simple. But we've got to be honest with God and be honest with ourselves. That's it. Just be honest with where we're at. If we're going to walk to church, if we're going to be the church, we've got to live it. It's that simple. Just live it. Just live the truth to be honest, okay? Testify. Them hard, unapproachable people at work, you really ain't got to say as much to them as how you're. How you let your actions, your attitude, reflects your, reflect what kind of person you are. A lot of times we put it, well, I don't know the words to say. I don't know how to reach somebody. Let your actions do all your talking for you. Amen? So to testify, this is what I was thinking as we finish up. To testify... To tell a little bit about how I came to Christ, I was, up until Peanut was born, lost. That's all you can say. I was lost. So I meet Jennifer, we date, get married. Life is grand, life is wonderful. I'm still lost, but you know, we're doing the best we can with what lost people do. So I'm happy. So, we get pregnant. Grace Ann is on her way. And all the guys, all the guys want a boy, right? I wasn't disappointed, but I want a boy. You know, that's just the man's thing. I wanted a boy. He told us it was a girl, and I said, you know what? That's okay. That's okay. I can teach her. I can teach her to play in the mud. I can teach her the curveball. I can teach her to fish. I mean, she does, but well, that's another sermon. <laughs> I can teach her all these things, but it's it's a girl. I was like, okay, we're good. I'm happy. I'm y'all. I'm fixing to be a daddy. So, peanut's born, and we find out stuff is going on. You know, and that, you know, nobody wants to hear when their child is born something's not right. Nobody wants to hear it. So that's what we got. Something's not right. So we're going to hospitals. She's a month old. So we've been in in hospitals for a month. So finally we get down to Birmingham. And I'm lost. I have the attitude as a lost person. And and if Corinthians, the the way it talks, you know, when you are as a a child, you talk as a child. (laughs) And when you when you are as a man, you will talk as a man. Well, I was childish. I, I didn't know any better. The doctor looks at us, and we're asking questions. I mean, I guess uh, uh, any kind of question. I don't know if he's asking stupid questions. I don't know. But it's just stuff I did not know. And then and then we ask the question. Okay, what is this going to do? That how is this going to affect her? And he, what is she going to walk? Is she going to talk? Is is she? What can we do? And then the doctor looks at me, and he says, I don't know. The damage has already been done. All I can do is fix it. I don't know if she's going to walk. I don't know if she's going to talk. But all we can do is go in there. And then when he said that, y'all, it was all I could do to just keep from knocking his teeth down his throat. Because I got so mad. I said, what do you mean you don't know? You're the doctor. You're supposed to be able to fix it. He said, I'm going to do what I can do. So we go home. We come back two days later. She has her surgery. He tells us everything is getting better. So then that starts the process of of her, us getting her to where she needs to be. Now, CP, it's not a life-threatening thing. It's a life-altering thing. That's what we've learned. But still, I get angry. I get angry with God. I get mad. You know, the generation before me, taught me who God was, but they never taught me the relationship with God. I did not have that at this point. So I get mad. And I'm laying there one night, acting childish. I was selfish. I was hurt. God, I thought you loved me. God, I thought you loved children. God, I thought that that you could do all this stuff. I thought Lord, why did you do this? Why are you mad at me, God? If you're mad at me, take it out on me. Don't take it out on her. She ain't done nothing. So I'm sitting here whining. God, why did you do this? And He's like, Hey. I'm like, God, why? And he's like, Hey, why did you do? God, I'm not. I'm not done yet, God. He's like, Hey, listen. And it's like my eyes opened up. And he said, I said, what? So this is a testify of what God can do. He said, look. She's mine. She's always been mine. I knew about her a long time ago. She belongs to me. Don't you worry about what I'm going to do with her. You sit back and watch. Right now, you've got to worry about what you're doing. Where are you at? How's your relationship with me? Don't you worry about her relationship. I'm going to take care of her. But you're going to have to get yourself right. If me and you, they ever going to be able to talk again. And it's, I mean, that's like he hammered down on me that night. And my eyes flew open, y'all. And ultimately, that's what led to me getting saved. How I had to push down. Because this situation right here was something Daddy couldn't fix. I couldn't fix it. It's above me. I had to swallow a little bit of that pride that I can do. I'm the Daddy. I'm the man. I can fix it. I can almost fix everything but a dishwasher, y'all. But I cannot. I couldn't fix this. So that's what helped lead me. And to serve. And it's been a few years ago. But I still have that desire, that desire that He instilled in me. It was April of 2006. It's burning. It's like I cannot get enough. I want it. I love it. I desire it. Do I fall short? Yes. But His grace, His mercy. It helps me. He's given me a family. He's given me a church family. So you know what? You're not perfect, but you are to me, and we're going to fix it together. So she's 15 now. She's walking. She's talking. She makes me laugh. She makes me mad. She makes me cry. But that is a true miracle of what God can do. I live it, breathe it, see it every day. I want to choke her a lot of times. <laughs> but that's what God can do if we would just get out of our comfort zone and let him work. That's so all we got to do. It's that simple. Let him work. She still can't drive. I don't reckon she ever will but we're on our way. So, Brother Hal, if you will, I'm done. Just break out the mold. Think about life today as we go. Am I letting God work in my life? Am I letting Him do the things that He's supposed to do? Y'all, church camp this year helped me in so many ways. The altar. I've learned this year through our group